Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the newsroom to the nursery. We're juggling a demanding career on live television with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And I'm Ingrid. They are anchor moms. All right, guys. Hey, welcome to another episode of Anchor Moms, the podcast. We are still on Skype because guess what? <laughs> the coronavirus is still a thing. What? Yeah, you didn't know that. Still I a thing. had no idea. Yep. I, COVID. At this point, I just hope it's done by like 2022. Ah, sure. Like by 2030 is good at this point. <laughs> so I, have, um, I actually have a funny story of the fact that you just said that, uh, Karen. One of my friends who is a loyal listener to the podcast, but is a little behind, called me last week and was like, so I was, I'm behind in the podcast and I was listening and Karen actually said in the podcast, I mean, guys, this can't still be happening by August, right? I mean, COVID's not going to be a thing in August. (laughs) And she said she actually said aloud, "Uh, yeah, Karen, it's still going to be happening in August. (laughs) So Okay, well, hopefully my 2022 (laughs) prediction doesn't turn out the same. That's all I have to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's hoping. Here is hoping. Uh, Um, So I just got back from traveling, really our first kind of vacation since COVID, speaking of COVID. We went camping up north, um, a very long way from Asheville. It's a a trip that we take every year, and um, we really enjoy it. We love it, but it takes a really long time to get there, made worse by the fact that we have a two-year-old. So we we always – well, not always. I mean, now we stop. We only drive about five or six hours. That's really all that river can take. So we stop in hotels along the way, and on our way to vacation, we stopped in Virginia. And, uh, we always do, I don't know, this is a pro tip. Maybe you guys do this as well. When you stay in a hotel with a toddler, like river goes to bed at seven o'clock. And so it's hard. You can't just like turn out the lights and everybody goes to bed at seven o'clock. So we try to get those hotel rooms that have two rooms or they're like suites. So the bedroom is closed off from like a lounge area or something. Do you guys do this? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, it was like that Friday I had worked that Friday morning and then, um, we got in the car and drove. So I was of course up at like four in the morning on Saturday because I always have hard, a hard time transitioning on Fridays because of my early schedule. So I got up and I got out of the bedroom. We were all asleep in the bedroom and I went out into the little lounge area and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's like four in the morning. No one's awake. This is like real me time that never happens. Right. So I decided to watch MTV and VH1. Oh, really? When is the last time you guys have watched either of those networks. I, I honestly didn't know you still could watch those networks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't even understand what's happening with this, but right. Well, I mean, I just turned it on and that's what was on. And there were music videos on. When's the last time you watched a legit music video? I never, I don't know. On the, on the, on the internet occasionally, I don't like watch MTV though. This is, this is really like a throwback. Yeah, Guys, music videos are so bad now. I don't know if you know this. (laughs) They're 
so bad. I like couldn't walk. Like I could not turn away. I wanted to turn the channel, but I couldn't because I was in so shock at how cheesy music videos are. And it made me wonder all those, all those hours I spent watching MTV as a kid. Were they this, was it this bad 20 years ago? Mm. Well, were the, the, did the music videos actually have the actual artist in the video? Because I feel like a lot of videos these days don't even include them. Right. So I did notice that that was a thing. Um, but I also just noticed they were, it was just so cheesy. Has it, is it, oh, so this is my question. Have I changed or have music videos changed? Mostly you. I think you have matured from your 13 year old self to, um, now just listen to Spotify. You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to watch the videos. Yeah. I was going to say two things. First of all, I didn't know that people still made music videos. Oh, they do. Like, yeah, they do. Right, that that's the thing. Okay. And second of all, I, which is funny because we have an article that talks about MTV mm -hmm. later in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was not allowed to watch MTV. So really? I, mm -mm. so I don't even have any real vivid memories of watching MTV ever. I mean, Ooh, we watched TRL, it a lot. Yeah, TRL was life to me in middle school and mm. high school. Do you remember Total Request Live with Carson Daly? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, that was must-see viewing when you got home from school. Exactly. So when you got done with this little, like, blast from the past, you know, MTV morning, did you yeah. feel, like, was it fun or were you like, ugh? No, I was like, this is great. Normally what I do, and this is super cheesy, I like to watch the local news um, in various places. Because, you know, you just like to see, like, what oh, I love up to. That. Yeah, like, what's, what are the people mm -hmm. in? I don't remember what the market would have been. I mean, maybe, maybe Richmond. Uh, hey, that's my hometown. What? Yeah, maybe Richmond. I don't know. Anyway, somewhere, somewhere in the middle of Virginia. Um, so that's why one of the reasons why we had turned on the TV. Um, but so afterwards I was like, no, I was riveted. I did it for like two hours and then Brian woke up and I was like, dude, I just watched the music videos. And he was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, my two hours is blown right now. And he was like, okay. And this is what he said. He said, you should save this for the podcast. Cause no one really cares. And I was like, okay. Well, I so basically if it's something he doesn't care about he's like just save it for the podcast like well i think your he was friends like, this might is... actually care yeah he was like this is a pointless conversation we have to travel hours with a toddler who wants to get out of her car seat every five minutes and, and also hollers tt every six minutes so i feel like we're good on this conversation uh... <laughs> let's move on from the news desk let's talk about our first article of the day um, I love this. It's from the Washington Post, and it, the title is Stress of the Unknown is Taking a Massive Toll on Parents. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> um, so the, the article goes through, it talks with several parents, all in different situations. One of them is dealing with, uh, you know, she's got to work full time and her kids are at home doing remote learning. Another parent talking about the decision to do all in-person or virtual. Um, another family talking about how they didn't have a yard, they didn't have a big house, so they actually moved to a whole nother city during COVID just so that they could have a backyard and be closer to relatives to help with children. Um, another parent who says, look, if there's no school, I can't work. 
there's just no other way around it because of their financial and, and situ- situation. Uh, no school equals no work. So it goes through all of these parents and all the stresses and, and things they have to deal with and how life altering this virus has been because of a lot to do with the school situation and just in general, how stressful this is. Um, I, I feel like I can say that, and it's funny, sometimes I think back on my pre-COVID worries and stressors and think, oh my gosh, that was nothing, right? Do you, do you guys ever think that? Like before this, I was worried about X, Y, Z, and that seems like such a petty thing to worry about now. Oh yeah. Because now <laughs> there's so many yeah. things to stress about. I just feel like every day. Uh, and it's, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before, but it's not just like, okay, let's make this decision and then go with it. Every single time a new thing pops up, should we hang out with this set of friends? Should we, are we, uh, are we going to go to out to a restaurant or not? Like every single mm-hmm. thing that comes up, every single decision feels like another huge choice you have to make, right? Which, which were typical mundane things that we did every single day and never thought twice about it. So not only do we have all those actual, you know, the, the things pre COVID that were big in our lives, health issues or relationship issues or whatever. Now it's just, should I go to the grocery store? Is that safe? These things that we, you know, took for granted. And one line out of this article that I like is one mom says, I'm trying to be comfortable with not being comfortable, which is so true and something we're all trying to aspire to. But it's, I think we're, I don't know. I feel like I'm constantly failing at that. Like you're just uncomfortable all the time. You just kind of have this unease all the time and it's just draining and draining. And I know that we've talked about coronavirus and children and these decisions on so many other podcasts, but Katie and I were talking about this the other day, is it's just not going away. In fact, I think for some people, maybe it's just getting worse and worse. And now that school has started or not started, again, that's just another layer of anxiety for parents. Yeah, I don't think there's no conversation that you can have. There is no activity that you can do without thinking and talking about COVID, um, which is, I guess, suppose I, that, that's why it ends up on this podcast so much. I mean, the hardest part for me is I'm pretty type A. I've talked about that here on Anchor Moms, and I'm a huge planner. So not being able to plan anything or making plans and knowing that the day before, even the vacation that I just talked about, I mean... We booked that vacation last fall. And I will tell you, you guys know up to like two weeks beforehand, a week beforehand, I was like, I I think we're going as long as everybody is healthy, as long as no one has had a COVID exposure, uh, as long as the states that we're traveling through uh, still allow people from North Carolina to come. I mean, it's just like you just have no idea. You know, I'm thankful. I've said this before. I'm so thankful that I don't have a school aged kid because Karen my heart really goes out to you. I think it's really difficult to make these decisions and to know what's coming down the pipeline. But one of the things that, you know, as we're approaching fall and September here, like the holidays, I'm always, you know, Brian and I's family, they're far away, California and Pennsylvania and New York. And we're trying to make holiday plans. And it's like, I, I mean, we can't, we're not booking flights. I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't like, I can't answer these questions family because I don't really even know next week what the COVID situation is going to be, let alone three months down the road, you know, and it's disappointing and sad. I don't know if you felt this way, but reading this article kind of made me feel 
like I was in a wonderful position compared yeah. to these other parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they are in a dire situation. I mean, this one woman, she's a single mom. She has a child. I, I think she said that her child has a disability of some sort. Yeah. And she can't work. She is on unemployment and her unemployment benefits have run out. And now she's used that little bit of money to put aside in case something happens to her. And she essentially isn't there for her child. I mean, can you imagine that that is the conversation that you are having right now with your friend? No, like she talks about making a will, making sure her life insurance is up to date. I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, good, good for her for thinking ahead and being prepared and making sure that her child is taken care of because, you know, those are hard steps, but important steps to do, but certainly not an easy decision um, or easy things to think about. I think one of the other things that's hard is everybody is doing different things. You know, every single family, every friend kind of has a different mentality, a different approach to this. And for Gregory and I, we're the type of people who were very indecisive. We want other people to just kind of tell us what to do. (laughs) Like, what's your opinion on this? What should we do? And there's, you know, you can't just, you can't just follow what somebody else is doing. You know, you can't say, oh yeah, well, you know, these, these people think it's okay to do this. So it's probably fine. No, like you have to make every single decision for your family. And that's just feels like a big burden, a big load to carry. And it's just super stressful for, as you said, Ingrid, like every single thing that pops up during your day, another decision to make that only you and your spouse and your family can make. I know. And one thing that we're dealing with now is of course, school has started either virtually or in person and now we're thinking, okay, so, you know, this friend is mm-hmm. going back into school or this right. friend is going back to preschool. I don't think we can hang out with that friend anymore. Mm-hmm. Or is it okay to hang out with this friend because they're going to that school and this is the precautions they're taking or now they're doing a pod at home and that's safer. So we trust them. But what if they get sick? I mean, there's just so many different things. And personally, we decided not to send our kids to school like at all. So, you know, uh, that's kind of like our safe bubble. So we're putting all this energy and effort into teaching, you know, our children at home. But if we break it by seeing other kids, then what's the point? But also I want my children to see someone besides me and their grandparents for the next year. So, you know, that's something we're trying to, to deal with right now. That's so hard. I mean, you know, to your point about who to see, we recently did see some relatives and, you know, who would have ever thought we have to have a conversation on the way to see them. We haven't seen in a long time. You know, should we, should we allow the children to hug them? Should we hug them? You know, we, we have to be clear about where only, we can only see you outside. Like these types of decisions about relatives who we love, but might not have been careful about COVID. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Right. It's just unbelievable that these are, you know, we we were talking about it and we're just like, oh my gosh, these are our close relatives. We love them. I cannot believe that we're literally sitting here thinking about whether we should tell our kids not to go within six feet of them. It's just crazy. the, The things that you have to think about and be concerned about it's just sad. It's really hard. And it, it is, it does take a huge, as this article mentioned, it takes a huge toll on you. I can feel it. I can feel how exhausted I am at the end of the day, just from the mental load and emotional load that, you know, mm-hmm. of going through all of this. Right. Do you guys feel that? Yeah. I mean, every, like every once in a while we watch the evening news and I will be honest, I like 
like put my head down and I think like, like I, what I can't I like, I can't believe this is the world in which we live in right now and what's next. But then, you know, I mean, the truth is, is like, you got to go to work, you got to take care of your kids and you just sort of have to figure out a way to function, you know, as a parent, you just sort of have to figure out a way to, to function and to do what you need to do and sort of put it on the back burner. Right. Yeah. And remember that, like Ingrid said, we're the lucky ones. We, you know, we all have jobs Absolutely. still. We've got childcare. Like, you know, we're okay. Count our blessings. Everybody's healthy, you know, and uh, yeah. just try to focus on the positives. Anchor Moms is brought to you by Wilderness at the Smokies, the Smokies' largest water park resort. Get out of the house and into the wilderness. Okay, so our next article today is from Slate.com, um, and the section on this website is called Care and Feeding, and basically you can submit questions, um, or you can post it to their Slate Parenting Facebook group if you have any burning questions that you haven't found the answers to listening to the Anger Moms podcast, which is shocking because I think we're just full of all the we answers. We know it all. Yes. We know it everything. all. So uh, this one, I, I hate this article. Um my husband, it's called, it, it's titled, My Husband Yells at Our Toddler Over Every Little Thing. His Anger is Bringing Me to Tears. How Can I Make It Stop? Which on the surface, you're thinking like, okay, like, you know, parents yell at their kids, like, you know, kind of get over it. But once you read this, this little blurb, it's very short. Um, this woman is saying that she has a two-year-old boy, Harry. He's in his terrible twos. I have a two-year-old. And yes, um, they are very challenging at times. But the problem is her partner, who doesn't typically yell, doesn't typically yell at her, is yelling at her son a lot, like a lot, a lot. So much that the mom, like, will start to cry asking him to stop yelling at her son because it's it's upsetting her so much. And then uh, then her crying upsets the son. It, it's just, it's just um, it, it needs to stop, according to the mom. And also, according to Slate.com, to the, the person who's writing the answer to this, they say that honestly, you really just need to go to couples counseling, which I thought at first I was like, whoa, that's kind of like a big step, but I think maybe they're right. This writer says that your husband is behaving abusively towards Harry, the son, and your reasonable reaction to witnessing that abuse is further upsetting Harry. So you need to say, Quote, I know you are not an abuser, but this is abusive behavior and it's a pattern and it needs to end now. So that's, those are the words that they are recommending that she say if she hasn't already. And then having that third party to come in and mediate and say like, hey dude, like why are you yelling at your kids so much? Where is this coming from? Are there other tools that maybe you can use to discipline your child? I mean, if they have a two-year-old, you don't know how to parent. You don't know how to control this two-year-old. Like, I get it. This is maybe their first kid. So maybe a third-party counselor can help give him the tools he needs to be a loving father. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I, I, you know, I think if you have a two-year-old, you know yelling doesn't really work. I mean, if you yell at River right now, she just gets more, she just gets more upset. It just doesn't work. Um, so it's just not even it's not even really like a good parenting technique period. Like it doesn't even work when you do yell. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, you know, the therapist basically, when he calls it abuse, I was like, Oh wow, that seems strong. And then, you know, I got to thinking about it. It probably it is. It's probably verbal abuse. So I think this therapist sort of nails it. Um, I also think it's interesting in the article, she says um, both of them are pretty involved parents. 
And her husband is even more so now because he's working from home. And it made me think maybe all of, not to relate everything back to COVID, but if some of this isn't COVID related, I mean, it's, we just talked about, it's frustrating being a parent during these times, especially when you're trying to work from home. It kind of makes you wonder if some of this isn't a COVID symptom yelling at your your toddler so much. Oh, it is. It's a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, verbal and physical child abuse is on the rise because of the coronavirus. hundred yes. percent. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, I think the one good thing about this is it's just very clear advice that look, if you're in a situation like this, don't try to talk to the person like you need counseling. And I think that's really sound advice. If, if you're, if you're in a situation that's gotten this bad, yeah, right. And right. you're, and you're, witnessing this type of, of yelling all the time. And I feel bad for families like that who have to deal with that. But um, let's move on to a lighter mum's the word. Mama, mama. Mom's the word. So this mom's the word, ironically, comes from my hairdresser, my stylist. Mm. Um, she obviously wears a mask. I don't know, eight, nine hours a day. And we were talking just a couple of weeks ago um, about how, you know, masks, like if you want cute ones, sometimes they can kind of be expensive. So you have a bunch of them, but of course, sometimes you have to wash them. And have you guys washed your masks yet? They kind of come out of the washing yeah. machine, like all crumpled that like piece that with the wire that goes across your nose never looks right. So she had mentioned that she's been putting, when she washes her masks, she puts them in her lingerie bag. You know, those, those bags that you can oh. put like your bras or your, um, I don't know, like your more delicate clothing items. I did it. And I will tell you that they turn out much better, mm. uh, than without the lingerie bag. So just, I don't know, just a little tip. Um, if you're looking for uh, a way to make, sh- to preserve your masks looking nicer, just a little bit longer. So I don't bag. have like a proper lingerie bag. I've always just oh. used a pillowcase. I think that would work mm. just as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, and you can buy these lingerie bags. I have a bunch of them. You can buy them on Amazon for like 10 bucks. Yeah. 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 You just put them in and you zip it up. And that's what we watched. Um, we watched puppy in a lingerie bag as well. So a lot of special things in our life go into the lingerie bag. Yeah. Um, I've never really used my lingerie bag, so I'm glad I now have a purpose for it. Cause I'm always yeah. like, I don't really think to, I don't remember to do it, you know, right. so now I'll I mean, get it I mean, back out. Is it sad that all like the only thing that goes in my lingerie bag is my daughter's <laughs> To my daughter's like stuffed animals <laughs> and my mask and your mask. Oh. Yeah. Um, I feel like that feel like I have no, I have no use, no use for this lingerie I have no bag. Use for this lingerie I've never bag. used it at all. <laughs> but I am willing to bet that a lot of moms listening to this are feeling the same way. So, guys, here's the good news: there's a use for your lingerie yes. bag. <laughs> Finally, that ten dollars can go towards something. So you're welcome. Thanks, That's a good Katie. one. I like that, mom. Yeah, good advice. In other news. So the third article here comes from Scary Mommy. Um, And the title of it is, When it came to body image, my parents got it right. And she talks about when she was younger, um, she thought that her mom was the actual worst because she was certain that her parents were stricter than her peers. And she talks about some of the... um, the things that they did, um, for example, you know, those, remember those teen magazines when we were kids, like 17, did you guys read that magazine? Yeah. Um, her parents mm-hmm. wouldn't buy that for her. So she had to get it off kids at school when they were done with them. Um, she wasn't allowed to watch MTV. Mm. Um, in fact, they didn't Poor even girl. have cable. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, they didn't even have cable. So she wasn't able to watch a lot of TV shows. Um, she talks about how 
her mom never mentioned it, mentioned dieting um, or weight. They just talked about eating healthy and she would cook healthy meals. And she says, so now as an adult, she feels like she's really free from a lot of those body image, um, I don't know, concerns that a lot of other women have. And said, in fact, she says that she doesn't, um, she rolls her eyes at trending diet plans and exercise trends. Um, she says that she doesn't rely on the scale to determine her joy. And she also talks about there's, oh, here it is. Um, she doesn't buy anti-wrinkle creams like other women her age because, frankly, she just doesn't care. Um, so now she's saying, hey, thanks, mom, for doing, doing all this stuff. And she's trying to implement it in her own family with her own kids. What do you all think? I, I support this article. I think that... Um... You know, we've talked about like diets and stuff on this podcast before, and I, I really don't like that word being used around my children. I think it has a negative connotation and I think it could result in, um, definitely body issues, self-image issues, uh, when they, I mean, you don't want to have to be an adult when you're a, a teenager, um, or preteen even it could have a negative impact. I think the word healthy should be replaced. I think if anyone is on a diet in your household and you're around children, I think you should just say that we're trying to eat healthier, you know, not try to lose weight, you know, not that I'm fat. Um, I think all of those words, um, you know, have, a, have a time and place, but I don't think that that's how you should be talking about yourself because your children are, are taking note. So I support this article. I, I agree. I think there's some good points, but I also have to say that I do think, you know, I, I would say I was raised in a very similar household to this, um, to the, the one that this girl talks about. But I do remember, you know, I, I know I remember both of my parents always exercised and that was a big deal. Um, and I do think there is something to, to be said about, on the other hand, you know, making children aware that we need to make good choices. And, and I, I think, you know, healthy instead of diet is, is a great idea. And I think you do have to be careful in, in how you talk about these things. But at the same time, I, in a way, I, I think that there, there is something to be said for making sure children understand that, you know, you need to do things and make choices to, to respect your body and to appreciate your body and to make sure that you're treating it well. Um, and I, I do think you can kind of go down the other extreme and, and be a little bit too loose with this. And then children don't understand, you know, maybe the consequences of eating whatever they want and never exercising and those types of things. So I do think it's a little bit of a balance. Um, I really, Gregory and I both really try to make sure our kids understand the importance of exercise and do that a lot. And this is what we're doing to stay healthy and this is why we have to eat our vegetables. And, and I don't know, I don't know kind of where the line is, but I think that there is kind of a balance there. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you, Karen. Um, I just want to say, I did not grow up like this at all. I read all the 17 magazines. I watched all the MTV. Um, and I don't feel like I'm any worse for it. And I don't, it was never a clear intention on my mom's part to be like, read this 17 magazine so that you will, you know, watch your carbs. Um, she wasn't like watch MTV because it's a great program. I think I like to call my childhood, like the like unattended childhood. My mom was just like way too busy to worry about. I mean, it just wasn't on her radar, like worrying about us reading teen magazines or 
yeah. watching music videos. Like she just, she was a single mom. She just had way too much going on. Um, so, and, but you know, what's funny is I do think in the eighties and maybe the nineties, this sort of thing, I, I would be, you'd be hard pressed all about to find a teen magazine these days that focuses so much on weight and carbs and the scale. Um, because I feel like in the last couple of years, that's like a hot topic, right? There's been a major reversal of, course, of that. So right. I do think in the eighties and nineties, this was probably a bigger issue than it is right now. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I've always been one of those, I mean, I, I feel like I'm a mom and I'm not going to like pretend like this stuff isn't happening. So if River wants to read a 17 magazine and she wants to watch a little bit of MTV, I'm going to go ahead and let her, and then we can have a discussion about it. You know, I'm not going to pretend like that stuff doesn't exist because then I feel like your kid grows up and into a world in which she's just like not prepared for, right? She's shot, she gets to college and she realizes that people are counting carbs. I mean, I don't know, you know? Well, yeah, and also, like, she's not going to be reading a Seventeen magazine or watching MTV because those things are really not going to be cool. But, so it's going right. to look different, obviously. Absolutely. And I think that Instagram. Um, She'll be looking com- at Instagram. Right, Instagram <laughs> yeah. and TikTok and all of these things. I think that – I think these conversations – you know, people are still having these conversations every, every single day. It's just framed a little bit differently. So we're going to have to learn all of this as we – Right. Know, as our children get older. Well, you're exactly right. It's not MTV that we have to worry about or like teen bop. It's, it's like TikTok, which I'm not even on. And, uh, I don't know, like in, like Instagram accounts or something. I don't know. Something yeah, that's like not even, we don't even know about. Yeah. Something that's mm-hmm. out there that I'm not, I'm not even aware of at this, at this exact moment. You I know, think, I think the biggest thing too, like now that I think back on like how, you know, what, what I was looking at when I was younger and that thing is just making sure kids know that you don't have to look like this, right? Like just that acceptance of, you know, whatever you want to look like and whatever you want to dress like and that sort of thing, that's okay. You know, just giving, making sure children don't, don't feel like they have to live up to a certain standard to me is is important. But but I think that you want to buy some eye cream, no one will judge you. It'll be okay. Yeah, we can try to we can try to hide our wrinkles a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's probably okay. I do feel like this this author comes off just a little bit preachy and judgy for my taste, but you know, she has some valid points. Win of the week. Um, so we we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but I now officially, as of this week, have a kindergartner. Which is Aww, exciting, yay. even though even though she's a virtual kindergartner. Um, <laughs> but I was trying. To, my sister actually helped remember, remind me of a very good win, positive, silver lining way to look at this virtual kindergarten. You know how every mom dreads that first day kindergarten drop off, mm-hmm. and you're emotional, nervous. You're dropping your kid off for kindergarten for the first time. Well, I didn't have to do that. Yeah. I didn't have to sit at home worried about how my kindergartner is doing all day, stressing. Yeah. She was next to me in the family room all day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't like have to a, worry. A, yeah, like, like a kind win, of a win. A win-win. Yeah. Win-win-lose situation. But yeah. The, yeah. The other, other... Wait, one thing on that point. I drove by a school the other day and um, I heard like a child screaming their head off and I look and there's a little kid like holding like a blanket I think it was like a preschooler you know mask on everything screaming bloody murder running after their mom and the mom no! is like trying to like kick the kid off her leg and no! like the teacher is like grabbing the other kid and I mean this kid was going insane so much I'm like driving I'm like oh my god <laughs> and then I was like 
oh, I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not sending my kids to school. So, yeah, you're right. Silver lining. That yeah. makes me sad um, just thinking about that, Oh, I by know. The way. It's, like, so oh, bad. Hard out. The, yeah. other, the other win is that um, LRA is so excited about it, and she loves it. And, I, you know, part of me is, like, she doesn't know what real kindergarten is like. So it might be the best situation is for a kindergartner in this. You know, older yeah. kids obviously have been to school. They know what they're missing. They don't get to see their friends, all this. But Ellery kind of just is like, oh, this is what kindergarten is. Okay, I'll, I'll do my tablet. I'll do my, my uh, Google Meets with my teachers. And this is, this is how we're doing kindergarten. And she yeah. loves it. So, you know, maybe that's another good thing that she doesn't know what to compare it to. So Exactly. Yeah, it's exciting. Well, I will say this. Ella Ray forevermore, as she's growing up, is going to be able to say that, I mean, you know, her kindergartner, kindergarten year was the year of the global pandemic. That's which, true. You know, she'll be like an old lady talking in school assemblies about this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Or perhaps school will be virtual for the rest of our lives of on your this life. planet, so it will not be a big deal. <laughs> Karen, you could be homeschooling all three of your children in coming years. Hopefully it changes before then. Um, I will say it is tough, you guys. It is tough. The teaching your own kids is, is, even at the kindergarten level, it's it's a whole other full-time job. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, but I do I give the the teachers a lot of credit. They are being creative. They are doing what they can. Whew, it's just a tough situation. But anyway, a little bit of a win this week that we now have an official kindergartner, even though like she's it. at home. But okay, all right, I think that does it for us this week, and um, we'll see you all next week. We're um, we're cooking up a one-year anniversary episode. Mm-hmm. Oh my believe goodness! It. It's been a year. No, I can't believe it. This is it insane. seems like yesterday. This year has been crazy, y'all, too. So yeah, it'll be really exactly. interesting to look back on some of the things that we said a year ago, <laughs> six months ago, three months ago. Because everything global pandemic is not going to last till August, right? No. Right? There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> that won't happen. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I said that. All right. Well, don't listen. Don't depend on us for any predictions on when this pandemic right. will end. Don't listen to us at Correct. all, actually. I wouldn't listen to you. <laughs> but but we, could, we could use some reviews. But so. do give us a review. Yeah. <laughs> Log on and see that. And also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. All right. right, Have have a good day, everybody. Bye, guys. Ankle Moms, the The podcast. Thanks for listening.